Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT podcast. You are listening to a bonus episode from our May luncheon with Kevin Stitt. If you guys missed out on it, it was a fantastic luncheon as always. Kevin got to talk a little bit about the core values of Gateway Mortgage, the company that he started talking a little bit about the history of how he got started and how he grew it to what it is today. And then really focused a little bit on culture and talking about the importance of culture uh, in business. So let's tune in and listen to Kevin and hear his message to young business leaders. Thank you guys so much for, for having me here. Um, this is such an important group. So uh, I've been involved with uh, kind of CEO network groups before, and they've been so instrumental in my life. So really appreciate you guys as uh, uh, Christ focus and you praying and then the, the, the group kind of building on something that I believe in, and that's growth personally, professionally, and spiritually. It's stuff we talk about at our company. So I'll just kind of tell you my story, and then I'm going to... Uh, kind of go through a little culture stuff uh, on how we built our company. So uh, I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma. Dad was a pastor there at Riverside Church, so he was there for 30 years. So I went to Norman High School and then did not want to go to school in the same hometown I grew up in. So I actually went to Stillwater for college. I went to Oklahoma State. Well, I either get a go pokes there or I get a boomer sooner. Sorry you couldn't get into OU. So uh, one, one of the two. But went to OSU, got an accounting degree, and um, kind of a unique part about my story, the way I paid my way through college was I sold books with the Southwestern Company. And uh, it is a door-to-door sales job, great sales training. Uh, did really well my first year. Came back, recruited all my college buddies, all my buddies from OU, and by the time I graduated from college, I had 50 college kids working for me. So it was my first experience of kind of leading a sales organization. I found out that I loved working with my friends. I was really entrepreneurial, wanted to have my own business. So then I moved to Tulsa and uh, met my wife, Sarah. We've been married now. It'll be uh, 20 years uh, this month, so May 30th, and we have six children uh, from 17 down to four. So three boys and three girls. So it's really, really busy around the house. Matter of fact, there was a lot of screaming this morning when I was trying to get them out the door for school. I don't know if anybody relates to that. <laughs> but uh, then I got into the mortgage business shortly after college, moved to Tulsa, and uh, started my company, Gateway Mortgage Group, with $1,000 in a computer back in uh, January of 2000. So today, now we employ more than 1,200 people. Uh, we have about 165 offices. Uh, we do business in 41 states. We have a division that buys loans from banks and credit unions. If you've ever had your home loan sold, that's where we come in and we buy home loans. And then we service everything uh, right out of the Tulsa location. So, but how do we get there? You know, our, our growth, we've been profitable, knock on wood, for all 18 years of our history. We've averaged about a 35% growth. 
uh, for the, we've, been, we've been, I think, 17 times recognized for our corporate culture and our, one of the best places to work by the Daily Oklahoman, I think, for the last, for the last three years. We've been six times in, in Inc. 5000. Uh, so what's the secret? People ask me, you know, how did we do it? And, and what I love about the group that we're talking to today is you guys are all business people. You guys are entrepreneurs. You guys are the ones that create jobs. And so I love hanging out with business people. My heroes in life growing up were always business people. That's who I looked up to. So most companies, you will, will spend 90% of their time uh, focused on strategy and metrics and maybe how you can get more sales. And they kind of ignore culture and they ignore you know, the corporate values. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today is, is kind of how we do it from a culture standpoint. So hopefully, hopefully you guys will get something out of it. We can have some Q&A at the end. Um, you know, but, but inspired and engaged team, team members are 20% more productive and 87% less likely to leave your company. So in other words, when you're crystal clear on your values and your culture and who you are and your purpose and attracting people that are like you, uh, they don't end up leaving. And you can accomplish great things when you guys are all aligned, all right? Um, you know, 19% of uh, employees are actively engaged. That means there's something like, uh, you know, the, the other 80% or so are actively, in most companies, disengaged. In other words, they're rowing in the other direction, okay? It's hard to get where you want to go when you've got people on your team that aren't aligned with you. So it's one of the most important things that CEOs and leaders can do is get people around you that are like you and make sure they all know where you're headed and what the big goal is and what the vision is for the company. Uh, so in 41% of customers credit their loyalty to a company just because of a positive experience with an employee. So the, your employees are so important with engaging with your customers. We can't do this by myself. I can't do my business by myself. You can't do your business by yourself. It takes a team. So you gotta get that team engaged and, and ready to go. So, uh, so our vision or, or our purpose of, of, as a company is to, it, I'll go through our purpose real quick. Um, let me jump to, uh, so the niche. So it's very important that you guys know exactly what you do as a company, okay? This sounds basic, but I'm telling you, when I started the company with $1,000 in a computer, every dollar was important. It was hard to make payroll. It was hard. Can anybody relate to that? You're scraping for every dollar you can, right? So I was in the mortgage business, and uh, I tell people, uh, well, first off, our, our niche now is we originate, we buy, and we service home loans, okay? That's what we do. We originate, we buy, we have a division that buys, and we service home loans, okay? But I, I equated the problem, I equated, uh, myself to being like a, uh, a hamburger joint. So let's say I was a hamburger guy. Uh, I've got Hearn in here. Hearn knows something about hamburgers. And I just, I just pictured myself being a hamburger restaurant, right? And somebody comes in the front door and they say, Kevin, here's a $100 bill. I want you to make me a pizza. I would be running to the back in the kitchen trying to figure out how to make a pizza because I wanted that $100, okay? I don't know if biz early business people have it, can relate to that, but I would try to do every single type of loan and I would be you know, beating my head against the ground and even though this took me so long to do, I'd be trying to do everything. So you have to be crystal clear with what you're doing uh, and know exactly what you're doing because if you try to be everything to everybody, you can't do anything well. So be crystal clear with what your, what your purpose is. And our passion as a company is we are about strengthening families. It's not about making money. It's about strengthening families. Not only the 3,000 new families that we do a home loan for every single month, but also the 100,000 customers that we service. 
and also the uh, 1,200 team members that we have. So we're all about strengthening families. We want to help them grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. So every decision we make is trying to strengthen families. Okay, so let's get down to our core values. So core value at a company is something that's already inherent in your company. And the way we came up with our core values is we said, who are our top performers? Who are the people that are already excellent in our company? And what are the core values or what are the attributes that those guys have? And then let's try to duplicate it. Let's try to hire more people like them. So we came up with five things. And number one, we are growth oriented, all right? Uh, anybody that works for our company, will, they'll hear me say this all the time. I believe you're green and growing or ripe and rotten. You can't stay the same. A tree's either growing or it's dying. So at Gateway, you will not like it here unless, if you don't like to grow because you will be pushed to grow. We're not going to stay the same. We're always moving forward. And if we're clear with that on the interview and that's who you are, you're going to love it here uh, because we are growth-oriented as a company. Uh, the other thing, the second one is we want people that want to make a difference. Uh, we have people join our company and, and you know, work for Bank of America or Wells Fargo and they just tell me they couldn't make a difference there. They didn't know how they fit in. Well, at our company, we know that you can make a difference, whether you're in, uh, in sales or IT or HR. We want you to make a difference not only in your team, but also in your community. And you, we all fit together. So uh, we love people that want to make a difference. Um, the third one is having a get-it-done attitude. That's our thir third core value. And so what we mean by that is... Uh, you know, I, I hate people that just say, oh, that's not my, uh, that's not my job, right? Um, that's somebody else's job. We have a get-it-done attitude. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to figure out a way to get it done. The guy that trained me in the mortgage business, uh, he said, Kevin, as soon as you say you can't get that loan done, they're going to go down the street to your competition. They're going to figure out a way to get that loan done. Uh, and so we have a get-it-done get attitude at Gateway. So whether it's the CEO uh, I will call and make sales calls with you on realtors or whoever we're doing, and we expect that from every single team member is to have a get-it-done attitude. The third one is, uh, or the fourth one is uh, being a team player. You know, sometimes people get, uh, you know, kind of focused on their own deal, and we, we do not like people like that. We know that we're stronger together. We're stronger on a team, and if you want to be just kind of a solo artist, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna fit in here. So we want you to know that you're part of the overall gateway team, but you're also on the IT team or the sales team or or the Beaumont, Texas team or wherever you're located. So we love team players. And then the fifth thing is uh, street smart. Uh, what we mean by street smart is not everything is a draw a line in the sand decision. We want to give and empower our employees to uh, make great decisions. So I use this example in servicing. We service about 100,000 customers, and, uh, and I tell our service employees that if they could waive a late fee, okay, if a borrower mailed in their house payment, mailed in their check, and we've lost it for some reason, and they can look on there, and, and, and they've never been late before, and we can waive a late fee, and then win a customer for life, and get three or four referrals, even though our policy says you've got to collect this and this, then that's being pretty street smart. So I want to try to empower our employees to make the right decision always for the customer and for our team members. Because sometimes as you get bigger, you set policy and you've got different people that set rules that might make sense you know, when, you, when they made it. 
But sometimes in this situation, it doesn't make sense. So I try to empower our people, and I tell every one of our employees from the receptionist all the way through, if there's a stupid decision that's made, come tell me about it. We want to change it. We want to make the right decisions for our team members and our employees. Uh, so the core values, that's what you want to be very clear on who you are as a company. When you're clear on who you are, it creates tremendous customer loyalty. And uh, you know you don't have to hire the whole world to, to hit your goals in your company. You do, you just need to find the people that fit in with your values, and then and then go and then go for it with them. Um, so you want to hire, fire, promote based on those core values, and that's what we do at, at our company. So our strategy, a strategy is something that differentiates you from the competition. And so we use this example. Uh, you know, there may be another company that has one of the strategies that you have, but, but there should be no other company that have all three of your strategies, or if you decide to do roll out four strategies. So, so our strategy is, as a company is uh, on time every time, and that is embedded throughout the whole organization. So whatever, as the CEO, you have to say something seven times before people start remembering and realizing it, and it starts getting into their uh, vernacular. And uh, whether you're talking to the underwriting team or the sales team, we're going to be on time every time. We're going to close your loan on time every time. We're going to uh, service your loan. We're going to answer the phone calls. We're going to do everything on time every time. So that is a strategy that everybody in the organization believes in. Uh, as a receptionist, uh, four is bad, three is good. So four rings is bad, three is good. I mean, everybody is going to be on time every time, no matter what in the organization. And then, uh, you know, relationships matter is our second part of our strategy. And what we mean by that is this is back to you can't be all things to all people. If you want to do your loan over the Internet uh, through Quicken Loan or something like that, uh, then, then that's, you're not the customer for us or you wouldn't be happy with us. But if relationships matter, if you want to meet your loan officer, if you want us to come to your closing, if you want us to service you after the sale, because uh, you're a customer for life with us. We don't sell any of our loans off. If relationships matter to you, then you're going to love it with Gateway. Same way with our, with, our, uh, uh, with our employees. If relationships matter with them, they're going to love it here. Um, and then the last thing is winning customers for life. Um, it's, our, it's our overall strategy. We want to win not only customers for life, but also we want to win team members for life. We believe that you can have a great career. There's all kinds of different opportunities across different different divisions of our company. You can get in from sales to underwriting, um, you know, to compliance, uh, to accounting. You can move around in our industry. But relationships matter uh, to us. Winning customers for life matters. So we don't sell any of our loans off. We actually service everything. So once you have the, the, the core values and you've got the strategy together, then it takes a big vision. Where are you going as a company? And when you focus on that big vision, uh, our vision as a company is to be a top 10 lender. We want to be top 10 in everything we do. We want to be top 10 in employee benefits, top 10 in sales, top 10 in servicing. And I use the example, it's kind of like a rubber band. I'm pulling that rubber band and I'm aiming it where we're headed. We're headed to top 10. And uh, I don't want to pull it so hard where it breaks, but I certainly don't want the rubber band just sitting in my hand with no direction. You always have to have a big focus and a goal. And so our goal is to be a top 10 lender. We're about number 50 in the country right now. Uh, we, we originate about six and a half billion. We're about number 50 servicer. So we want to move right, we want to be moved top 10 in both of those categories. You know, and most people don't set big enough goals, then they don't give themselves long enough to hit them. So when you have a huge kind of beacon goal, it kind of drives the thought process. So our IT department, they start thinking about, 
okay, if we're going to be top 10, we need to be thinking long-term structurally to do this. And our salespeople are thinking about the organization. And our org charts start fitting towards that. It is amazing what the mind can conceive, the man can achieve. So when you set those big goals, there's nothing, there's no difference between anybody in this room and, and big Fortune 500 companies. I truly believe that. I think we can do anything that we set our minds to and accomplish because the future doesn't just happen. We make our own future. And so that's why, that's what we've been doing at our company and I encourage you guys to focus on that, that culture as well. So with that, I'll just kind of wrap up here and uh, maybe open it up to questions. So Kevin, for anybody who's thinking about doing their, their own thing or doing the next thing, what would you say to them? I mean, you're, I, I get that, you know, to have the idea, have the vision, um, and the, to have a, a clear focus on what they're doing, but what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about doing their own thing and stepping out? I mean, I, I, would, say, I would say go for it. Um, you know, I, I, started the, I started the company, like I said, with $1,000 and a computer back in, uh, back in the year 2000. And uh, it's, been, it's been wonderful. Has it been a lot of hard work? Absolutely. Um, there's been ups and downs. And, um, but, you know, persistence. And if you have that in your heart to start a company and, and step out on your own, we need entrepreneurship. We need growth. That's where the jobs of the future are created. So I encourage all of you young entrepreneurs to step out, continue to expand, continue to grow, continue to think about what's at the next level. And we've just kind of started. We, we started it, you know, just in the sales and origination, and we've just kind of stepped. Now we're vertically integrated. We securitize all of our loans, and, and so now we're a, we're a major employer in Oklahoma, and, and we need more of that. Uh, I tell people, you know, I tell people that, you know, uh, democratic policies are actually better for me personally, because once I'm already established, I'm already in the game, I've already got my company, just create more barriers to entry, more roadblocks, more red tape. Uh, it keeps people from joining my comp joining the industry that I'm in, right? But that's bad for entrepreneurship. That's bad for the uh, middle class. That's bad for growth. We need to make sure that we encourage entrepreneurship and we remove any kind of red tape or regulation that hemps up things, people from joining in or, or companies from growing in, in uh, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. You have 1,200 employees now. Yes, sir. So culture is obviously important now. But when did culture really become important to you? Yeah, you know, I think... And, and I'm looking backwards now, and, and, and I just try to tell you some of the mistakes I made, trying to be all things to all people. I think I would have been a lot further off. Uh, you know, you, you always dream about, and you're trying to grow as fast as you can and all that, uh, but things take time. Things don't happen overnight. So it's so important that you get the right team members around you. Uh, so it really had it to do over. I would, been, I would have been here a lot quicker had I known some of these things back then and hired the right people, hired for the culture, know the direction we're coming, just say, hey, here's the direction we're going to head and, um, you know, and, and, and go from there because you can't, you can't try to be all things to all people. Yeah, you know, I mean, the CEO's, it's the CEO's job to lay that vision out and to talk about it and talk about the culture and talk about the values. And I have given this culture speech to whether I'm talking to my IT department or whether I'm talking to our sales group or our underwriting team, making sure they all understand that strategy. So I don't think there's any, uh, you can go off-site and you can strategize and you can come up with your values with your leadership team and your strategy for next year. 
And that's how you lead. Uh, we've got five pillars that we lead our company with, and we have to go off-site, and we have to say, here's our direction this year, and next year, and the year after, and, and uh, whether it's in uh, what we're going to do for benefits this year, and sales, and compliance. And so we have a strategy, we move forward. But I don't think there's any, I don't think it's too late to, to say, let's do it now. And the other thing I would say is, don't be afraid to, to get rid of that culture killer. No, you don't know how many times in, in, in our career that, that we have this top sales guy, and man, this guy is awesome, and he or she, and they do, they do a wonderful job, and, and man, the sky's going to fall if we get rid of them. Everybody in business understands that one guy, you know. It's, it's, it's like the, the cancer in the locker room, right? But you're so worried that if you lose that guy, then you're going to lose business or you're going to lose cash flow, right? Choose culture. That's what I'm telling you. Choose doing your team members. Will, if you chase that free agent, that guy that doesn't care about the company or the culture or the team members, you're going to be better off. Life is too short uh, to work with people that you don't like. Okay? Life is too short. You've got to get people around you, and, and not that the people that disagree with you, uh, because I believe on a team you need, you need all kinds of people. So you always need, let's go guy. Okay? That's me. I'm the guy that's like, let's go. We're going to charge the mountain. Let's go. Okay, and it drives me crazy because my CFO is over here going, "Hang on, time out, Kevin. We got to do this." It feels like I'm dragging around an anchor with this guy. Okay, but I know I need him on the team, right? And then you've got Hobie Higgins. You guys know Hobie. Hobie's worked with me. So we've been in, we're pledge brothers in college. He's worked for me for 15 years, and he's the let's not leave anybody behind guy. How does it feel with everybody? Oh, how do all the employees feel, right? So you need that guy on your team too, right? So you, it takes a team. So I'm not saying you don't hire people that, uh, uh, that don't have a different of opinion of you because what I've learned over the years is I've got to hire people smarter than me and put them in the right positions and lead and set the vision and the strategy. I know what I'm good at, but I've got to get guys around me that are better than me at these other, these other things, right? And um, anyway, yes, ma'am. Yeah, you know, uh, it's back to my door knocking days and my, my direct sales days because there was, I, I've wanted to quit my own company a thousand times, okay? Uh, back, especially before the financial crisis, 2005, 6, 7. It was terrible. Margins were thin. We weren't making any money. I was hating life, right? Our model was terrible. And uh, I always thought I was going to be this national business guy. But then here I am, you know, kind of struggling. And I was wishing, man, why didn't I go into pharmaceutical sales? I was looking at my buddies. I was just going, man, I should have been a pharmaceutical salesman. And then I was looking at this guy, my friend over here. He's getting ahead of me. Man, I should have done that. And then you know what? I just had to surrender to the Lord. He's the potter. I'm the clay. I'm like, Lord, who, whatever. if you want me to just be a local Tulsa business guy, that's fine. I'm just going to be a local Tulsa business guy. I'm going to be happy to be married to my wife. I'm going to be happy with the three children at the time probably. Um, uh, I'll be happy being a father of three. And, uh, but, you know, you're the potter. I'm just going to work, and I'm going to do it. Because I always, why am I not bigger? Why am I not bigger? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Then the fin but, but I'm still thinking I'm persistent. It's not over until I win. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep uh, what's the next level. So I kept climbing. I kept just getting, getting uh, uh, licenses and Fannie Mae and Ginnie Mae and all that stuff. Well, then the financial crisis happened, right? And it's very easy now, 2010, looking backwards, had I been bigger when I was praying and thinking I should have been bigger, I'd have been out of business like everybody else. 
And so since then, God's timing is not our timing. Sometimes we have to be patient. It never happens as fast as we want it to. But when you are persistent, people quit too early. People always give up too early. It's not over until I win. I'm going to keep going until we hit those goals. And so then after that crash, we just kind of took off since then. And now it's real easy to look back 18 years later. But it just every single day, you work your tail off. You set big goals. You do the right thing. You take care of your team members. You, you make payroll. Have we made mistakes? Absolutely. When you make mistakes, you correct them or you get rid of that team member. Uh, I'm totally responsible for all my employees, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so, the first part of the question was uh, growth-oriented. Growth say that again, though. Oh, yeah. So, how much of that, you said obviously growth-oriented is a core value. How much of that is like personal and Yep. So, I think it's all part of it. I mean, we want to we encourage our employees to grow personally, professionally, spiritually. We're always putting them through training. We're always encouraging them, giving them out books to different read. My, my, uh, my core team... Uh, we'll give them a book to read like before we do our off-site strategy session. Uh, but Good to Great is a great one. Creating Magic is a great one. Uh, and then I just want to throw in this one. Uh, uh, we haven't talked about this much today, but uh, uh, Traction is also a book that we roll out as far as holding people accountable. And uh, it's, more of a, it's not more of a culture. It's more of a tactically uh, executing the strategy after you create the strategy. So Traction is also a great book. It's a different topic today. But... Uh, but that's a good one as well. Yes, sir. This may be a little too specific to the mortgage industry, but I think it can apply. If you're looking to, you know, go from just you when you you and a computer to a team, do you first hire the support people that may not be needed right now because your production's not there, to, or do you go after the salesperson that's another you? to get the production, but then be afraid that you won't be able to sustain it. How deep are your pockets? <laughs> so, uh, you know, and that, that's the problem. You know, and th that's what regulators don't understand. When you're, when you're scrapping and you're trying to create and you're trying to grow, sometimes your compliance doesn't quite catch up, right? So, uh, to me, I, I, my only option was to hire the salesperson first and then try to do the best I could with keep up with the compliance. And we made mistakes, right? Uh, now we've got 45 people in our QC department, our compliance department, you know, three attorneys and all that stuff, right? So it gets away from you. There's no way you can build an organization if you don't start with the sales side if you're a young entrepreneur. Now, if you've got millions of dollars to invest, then yeah, you can start with the, uh, with the uh, back end first. But to me, you just kind of walk it up together. Yes, sir, last one. In direct marketing? Oh. <laughs> Um, you know, persistence, persistence, uh, you know, there's a sales cycle to everything. You have to, uh, you, you, you can't just walk in the first sale and expect it to, uh, man, you need to talk to Brian Smith about this kind of stuff, how he creates his deal, right? I, I want to feel, understand how he says uh, he's number one-ish in the United States. I didn't end up following there. <laughs> but no, he need, he's a great one at that. But I would say just persistence, um, you know, just over time, as you're young, 
Uh, you, I talked to you earlier, you're 21. It's going to take a while to, to just to keep making those sales calls. Uh, but you can look at these guys in here and, and you want to emulate around uh, people that are successful. So, uh, you know, take advice from people that are successful. Don't take advice from people that aren't, right? Take, uh, you know, if I want to get into shape, I'm going to go talk to T-Town Roofing, man. All those guys are jacked. Uh, so talk to people that are, that, are, that are better than you at it. And, uh, uh, but persistence is, 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 I mean, is one of my big ones. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's an honor to be with uh, other business people. And uh, really, really appreciate the opportunity, Matt, for uh, speaking. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.